your activities in the organization should all be focused on improving or driving one primary objective in the current period that's critical to the ongoing success of the organization. The measure for that one objective is a critical number. Welcome to CEO Brain Food. Every episode, entrepreneur, CEO, founder, and host Michael Langhout will bring you key insights, fresh perspectives, and proven tools you can apply to your business. Thought leaders and CEOs will be interviewed as we explore winning strategies for scaling a company, generating profits, and building lasting enterprise value. Make sure you listen all the way to the end of the episode to hear how you can download a free copy of Michael's Functional Team Scorecard. Here's Michael. Hello and welcome back to CEO Brain Food. In the past few episodes, numbers 15 and 16, we've been focusing in on some of the elements of execution on your plan, but more importantly, tracking your progress with leading and lagging indicators. We've discussed concepts such as critical numbers, key performance indicators, drivers to help you move the needle and really grow your business. But I thought it would be good for us to back up a bit and just look at the whole concept of execution. And in my way of thinking, in coaching clients, there are three main disciplines to execution. And those are priorities, data metrics, and communication rhythms. And that's what we're gonna be talking about today. So when we think about numbers, They are everywhere. I mean, you have access to them in your business, right? You have all sorts of reports that are coming at you. Most of them are quantified, a set of financial reports, your P&L, your cash flow statement, your balance sheet, and of course, your daily reports, your flash reports, your backlog reports. They're all numbers. And if they're accurate, which is sometimes not the case, But if it is, if they are accurate, you can't argue with them. They represent the facts. They're not opinions, they're not thoughts, and they're not suggestions. They present in very many ways, as I said. Some are reports, some are drivers, some are KPIs, key performance indicators, some are critical numbers. They can show up as milestones. They could be targets, goals. They could be expressed in scoreboards, priorities, tactical planning frameworks, communication rhythms, weekly huddles, all of those constructs can be expressed numerically. But they're all part of execution disciplines. And as I mentioned, those are priorities, data metrics, and communication rhythms. When we look at execution, we're really talking about what's happening in the 12-month time period. So strategy is longer term than 12 months. I like to think of strategy in a three-year planning horizon, 36 months, 12 quarters, three years. That's your strategy horizon. But in the short term, one year or less, your company priorities are set by the leadership team that align with broader three-year strategic targets. Right, so think of it as a funnel. You, you set your strategy. You've got your milestones that are going to be 
laid out there, the things that you're going to be doing different from your competition. And then you're going to lay out swim lanes or a Gantt chart plotting out those milestones on a quarterly by quarterly basis. You can also quantify that by doing a rolling 36-month forecast. And then I like to add in an aspirational org chart. As you grow your business, obviously, your organization is going to be changing and you're going to need people to populate positions that really don't even exist in your business as you're, as you're growing and scaling from an early stage. But think of it as a funnel as, as you start to take those differentiators that are in the three-year time frame and you break them down into quarterly milestones, those become initiatives to help you accomplish that three-year strategic target. And each one of those initiatives then would have priorities around them. So words are important, and I want to make sure we're understanding the definitions that we're using in the, in the context of planning today. So in the execution timeframe, which is the annual timeframe, we're really talking about priorities. And there should be a line of sight created that links those priorities that have been set for the year with the strategic differentiators identified in the three-year horizon. You should be able to see clearly what those priorities are influencing out there in the three-year horizon. The priorities identified and deployed during this current year are critical to achieving that line of sight. So if we have an aspirational differentiator out there, something that we're not doing today that we need to be doing in the future to be different than our competition, then it follows that we need to be working on elements of that differentiator today in the current year. So it's a, it's a process of establishing a higher level target, seeing where you're at today, defining that gap and closing that gap over the 36 months. And when we measure our priorities, it's important to understand why that variable, that performance unit that we're measuring actually needs to be measured and why it has been chosen by leadership as something to be tracked. If growth of the enterprise is the primary objective, the activities of the enterprise need to be organized around specific strategic objectives tailored to that growth. Your activities in the organization should all be focused on improving or driving one primary objective in the current period that's critical to the ongoing success of the organization. We've been talking about this for the last few episodes. The measure for that one objective, as we've defined it in the past, is a critical number. That is an operational or financial number that represents a weakness or a vulnerability, which if it's not addressed or corrected, is going to negatively impact the overall performance and long-term security of the business. I like to think of the critical number as profit before tax. It could be a number of different types of numbers, but the critical number defines winning. It rallies people around a common goal. It provides a focus on what's most important in the business. It's the determining factor critical to the company's success. The one thing that at any given point in time is going to have the greatest impact on your business. The one thing you must achieve or nothing else you achieve really matters much. If your work that you're doing is focused on the critical number, then you're adding value by definition. Work that's not focused on the critical number 
may be adding value. It may be passive. It also might be waste. So we need to be aware of where we're at with that. And like other lagging indicators, the critical number is influenced by drivers or input variables. When we look at the critical number, it's usually on a historical report, such as a statement of cash flow, a balance sheet, or a profit and loss statement. And examples are profit before taxes. I mentioned that's the one I like. Gross margin percentage. We need to be looking at gross margin percentage, y'all. That's very important. Many of my clients have got gross margins that are way below acceptable levels, and there are ways to boost that number. So it's possible that your gross margin percentage or gross margin dollars are the critical number that you, you should be focusing on. But additionally, we could look at conversion rates, return on assets, debt coverage ratios, cash conversion cycles, things like that. But as you think about your critical number, you want to make sure you're inviting others on your leadership team to offer their perspectives before you decide on what it is. People support what they help create, right? And so if you include them, include your leadership team in on the decision around a critical number, and especially if you tie it to your bonus, then you're going to get buy-in. Debating critical issues in the business is, in my opinion, extremely healthy for the team. This is opposite of the Theory X top-down management theories of past decades. I think that healthy debate in a trusting environment on the leadership team can really make a difference in your decision-making. It's not then all on you as a CEO, but it's more of a team effect. Now, don't get me wrong. Please understand there are decisions that you have to make as a CEO alone. But if it's going to impact the entire organization and each department and each each functional area of the company, you want to get your people involved in helping make that decision, strategic ones especially. Once you select the ideal critical number, then define the improvement target related to that number. And that's where the real excitement happens. It's in the process of getting to that critical number and improving it by focusing on the right drivers. You can actually gamify that process. Make it fun. Create a mini game where you have an objective, say inventory turns or accounts receivable aging or something, some improvement factor that in a process that you're trying to um, isolate and make better. Select a team and then get that team to focus on that objective. Set some rewards and recognitions. Set a timeline. Those, those kinds of improvement activities happen over a short period of time. You could call them a sprint. That's coming from the agile or lean uh, uh, space. But you'd want to set those sprints for two weeks or four weeks, or maybe you could even go as far as three months, but probably not farther. The drivers to the critical number are off, often referred to as KPIs. The right KPI or key performance indicator is a number that directly influences that critical number and is going to help predict the outcome. The appropriate KPI also demonstrates cause and effect by pointing directly at the critical number as one of its components. A driver is a leading indicator, a number which provides insight or forewarning of what's likely to happen with the critical number. KPIs are metrics to predict and measure progress or achievement of a priority. 
And it's important to understand that the leading KPIs usually change before the lagging indicator changes and are extremely useful as short-term predictors of the direction of the performance variable being measured. So some examples of leading indicators and the lagging indicators they influence would include average weekly hours in manufacturing. That would be the leading KPI, and that's impacting maybe scheduling or backlog. Another leading KPI would be vendor performance, and that would impact a lagging indicator of on-time delivery or materials variances. Requests for proposals would be a leading indicator. How many RFPs have you received? That's going to impact your revenue. Your bonus plan impacts labor efficiency. More examples of leading and lagging measures might include weekly scrap dollars. That's influencing material cost reduction. Number of upsells. That's impacting increased revenue. Daily labor hour variance. That's impacting reduced cost of goods sold or COGS. Weekly new qualified customers. That impacts increased revenue. You can check out uh, kpilibrary.com for a list. They have hundreds in there. And if you really would like to have a detailed list by category, I'm happy to send you mine. The final execution discipline, in addition to priorities and data metrics, are communication rhythms or meeting rhythms. Once you've determined the critical number and you've determined the drivers that can influence that number and assigned accountability to that number, and decided upon the improvement objective for that number, then you can begin to manage the process. Your meetings should be about discussing how you're progressing with movement on that number or the drivers to it. And you can do that in a daily huddle or a weekly huddle. Your daily huddle should include members of the natural work teams or department units that are focused on some aspect of the critical number. So I call those natural work teams. Each day, each one of those teams would have a brief five to 10 minute stand-up meeting where each member of the team is able to share a few things. Number one, what did they accomplish yesterday? Number two, what will they be doing today to make progress towards the most important priority that they've got? And number three, where are they struggling or where are they stuck? Each person in that stand-up meeting shouldn't be talking more than about a minute, maybe 90 seconds. And it's important to understand that the daily meeting is not a problem-solving session. Instead, it provides an opportunity each day at a specific time for the team to communicate with each other on a specific topic that everyone on the team can relate to and understand. I've suggested that this meeting should be done early in the day, uh, before a shift starts or before the office really gets cranking, 7 o'clock in the morning, 7.30, 8 o'clock. And it's often the case that people are not there. They may be uh, distributed. You may have a distributed workforce or salespeople that are out and about. Um, That's okay. You can call in. There's nothing that would prevent you from having a meeting like this. Each member of the team that's meeting should come prepared to talk about these three topics talking about what we've recently accomplished and what we intend to accomplish and where we're struggling to achieve our priorities creates higher team function 
team awareness and team cohesiveness. Notice I'm saying team a lot here. I'm a big fan of collaborative work, and I know that individual performance is important, but you're far more powerful working as a team and communicating and understanding each other's needs, wants, desires, struggles. And with empathetic listening, we're building trust on the team, which is a very, very powerful concept. The weekly huddle is a longer meeting lasting maybe an hour or an hour and a half where the discussion can be centered around weaknesses or problems that are difficult to solve or opportunities to leverage. If your company has a gain sharing or a bonus plan, that weekly huddle is the place to update forecasts, assign accountability for line item ownership on the P&L or balance sheet, and to forecast the variables that drive that critical number and have an impact on the overall bonus. I'm a big believer in the line item ownership. So if I'm in sales, for instance, I might own uh, the revenue line. If I'm in operations, I might own that, that overhead line or aspects of it. If I'm in purchasing, it may be materials in the COGS area. You get the point. If someone is assigned accountability for that line item, then they're not only forecasting that number for the year, they're also forecasting it for the month. And in the weekly huddle, where the entire team comes together, they're updating that forecast every week. So if I say the revenue this month is going to be $5 million, then in the first week, I'm probably going to say, well, it's $5 million because it's a fairly long time period, 30 days or let's say 18 to 23 days, whatever the shipping month is, the work month. The second week, I may say, well, it's, it's four and a half because we just lost an account. Third week, it may come back. I may say 5.2 million. But as I get closer to the end of the month, I'm going to really, really know what that number is. And I should know that number really before it's even the month is closed. Waiting around for your reports two weeks after month end is way too late to do anything about the month. You want to be actively talking about the month and the impact variables that are there that you can influence for a positive change to get you that desired result. And if you drive that all around the concept of a bonus, it can get very, very exciting. In the weekly huddle, the entire team can see the playing field out in front of them and the team as a whole can then gain perspective and understand all of the aspects and complexities of the business. This type of a weekly huddle gets everyone collaborating and understanding the business and understanding each other's concerns and problems. And it really breaks down silos. So if that's a problem in your business, having this sort of myopic siloed approach, then move into a weekly huddle where you're talking about things that are of common interest. Additional meetings include monthly all-hands meetings. That would be a good place to share information, culturally update people on what's happening, new hires, onboarding new people, new events in the marketplace, new customers. That meeting should usually be led by the CEO and department heads. But then we'd want to move also into a quarterly planning review session where we're looking Back at the last quarter, what did we accomplish? That generates some good energy in the room, but I don't want to spend a lot of time on that. We're really there to talk about what's happening now in the current quarter or the quarter coming up and how are we focusing on that annual forecast, that annual goal. 
that annual priority. It's the daily and weekly and monthly and quarterly rhythm that's driven by the CEO. Make no mistake about it. The CEO is the metronome that will help you achieve your objectives and make your goals and help you scale your company. And if the leadership team can be clear about the three execution disciplines, clear with priorities, clear with data and metrics, KPIs, tracking, and clear with communication rhythms, meeting on a daily, weekly, monthly, quarterly basis, then your company is going to be very, very well positioned to improve performance and experience less process variance and a whole lot less drama with accelerated growth. So thank you, and I look forward to our next topic, which is going to be the CEO as the metronome. We're going to unpack the communication rhythms a little bit more in that next episode. So thank you again, and until next time, have a great week. Thanks for listening to this episode of CEO Brain Food. If you're enjoying the content of these episodes and are ready to get your leadership team aligned so you can scale effectively, we invite you to download Michael's newest resource, the Functional Team Scorecard. This scorecard will help you establish role clarity and accountability on the senior leadership team, engage your leadership team in the financials of the business, and align and synchronize your team around a critical number. Download your free copy today at ceobrainfood.com forward slash scorecard, or click on the link in the show notes. Tune in next Monday for another compelling episode of CEO Brain Food.